Will you all join me in the spirit of prayer? Let us pray. Dear God, if these words I speak are not your words for your people on this day, may it be forgotten and come to naught. But, O oh God, if these are your words, may it be remembered and stored in the core of our very being. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but for many of us, I'm sad to say, Christmas has come to an end. And many of us have to deal with the unfortunate taste of reality. The bottoms of our trees, once overflowing with gifts, now look barren. Homes once filled with delicious smells of of home-cooked meals are left with a mountain piled high of dishes. Visiting family members have left or are in the midst of leaving. And the kids have already started to break some of their new toys. You spent weeks and months in anticipation, hoping they would love. As wonderful as Christmas can be, and it is wonderful, reminding ourselves of the anticipation of the hope and joy that comes through the birth of our Lord Jesus. If you're like me, then this season can be a difficult time. It may have been a difficult year. You may reflect and contemplate on missed opportunities. As family members start to leave, you may struggle to find a way to say, see you next time. But in my life, this season is difficult because it reminds me of how far home is, how far away my loved ones are, and how difficult it was growing up spending my first Christmas away from my dad. It was the Christmas of 2007, our freshman year of high school. New school, new friends, and it hadn't felt that long since my dad had joined the army and finished basic training in AIT. I'm a 42 Alpha, a human resource specialist. I deal with paperwork, so you don't need to worry about me. But how could we not worry? Months before, we had learned that my dad was getting deployed to Iraq in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom. And little did we know that his good conduct and achievements at basic training led to his assignment with the illustrious Rakasans of the 101st Airborne Division at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, making his deployment all too surreal for our liking. When will we see you? Can't you take leave? It's going to be Christmas. Can't you come home? 
My brother and I begged. I'm afraid not, he replied. It's part of our duty as soldiers. But I made the varsity volleyball team, and even if you can't come on Christmas, can't you at least come after and watch one of our games? I'm sorry, boys, he replied in Korean. That year, my brother and I were devastated. Christmas felt incomplete, and we were angry at the world. We knew our dad had joined the army to make our lives better, but little did we understand what that actually entailed. My dad was in a foreign place, risking his life. And all I could think about was how he had missed my games, missed our band and orchestra concerts. And we were left during this season, the same one we find ourselves in now, to pray fervently at church for his safe return. We were mad at his leadership for not allowing him to come home. We were furious at him for ruining Christmas. And we felt anger towards God for allowing all this to happen. But in spite of all this anger, we were still left to deal with reality. Dad wasn't coming home. And in today's text, we find Mary and Joseph having to confront their harsh reality. Not long after the wise men and shepherds left baby Jesus, an angel appears to Joseph through a dream that turns out to be a nightmare. Get up, Joseph, the angel tells him. Take your child and your wife Mary and flee to Egypt. Herod is out to kill your newborn child. Here comes Herod, as he slowly creeps closer, looking to kill your child. A nightmare that would make any new parent tremble. Joseph wakes up scared and rattled, his heart pounding out from his chest, and sweat running down his body. The only thing he knows is that he must protect his family. And with every ounce of faith and energy he has, he takes his wife and crying child to a foreign land, a place they've never been to, not knowing what the future holds. They escape to the land of Egypt and heed God's call through an angel, seeking refuge and safety away from the grasp of Herod. This is their new reality. My quickly, how things have changed within the span of four days since Christmas. The same infant that brought love onto our doorsteps, who just received extravagant gifts from exotic people, 
who brought promise and hope into the lives of humanity, is greeted into a world where he is faced with persecution, death threats, and having his family forced to flee. What a reception. What a banquet. Welcome to the world, Jesus. Our world that is fallen, broken, and riddled with violence and consequences of sin. But God wants more for us than this. Instead, this fallen and broken world represents everything that Herod stands for. And nothing can satisfy this guy. Herod wants to be a ruler that takes away the joy in people's lives, in our lives. This is who Herod is and what he does. He's someone who never feels secure, never feels satisfied, and he will stop at nothing to take control of his temporal kingdom. Here comes Herod. Nothing can stop him, not even his own family members. So when he received word that there was a child born king of the Jews, he had to investigate and summoned three wise men. He told them they should notify him once, the child, once they found the child so he too could worship this king. But the Magi had been warned not to return in a dream, so they fled. And when Herod realized he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And in his jealous rage, gave orders to kill all the baby boys in Bethlehem, two years old and younger. Herod was brutal. Herod was selfish, and he was merciless. He wanted his reign to last forever. And on his command, Herod had his soldiers appear in the town of Bethlehem, the city they believed Jesus was dwelling, and they killed every innocent child they could get their hands on. Parents remained helpless as their babies were stripped from their arms killed in a horrible and senseless act of jealousy. Lord, have mercy. And even though this took place over 2,000 years ago, we still find parallels from their situation in our world today. We, like the family of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, still have families seeking refuge. There are children being separated from their parents and immigrants crossing borders. And it's easy to condemn and pick out the Herods of our world. These are people who abuse their power, people who care little for others and greatly about themselves. They create fear, insecurity, and anxiety in our daily lives. People who believe they are superior and make others feel inferior. 
We might believe Herods to be the other because they threaten our values and ways of life. They make fun of others that are different from them and want us to believe we are unworthy of being loved, unworthy of receiving God's love. But they are wrong. We are wrong. For we also find Herods within ourselves. Whether our Herod is complaining, lying, living in the past, having fears for the future, procrastinating, or having a negative self-worth, Herod has already seized each and every one of us as young children, shaping our lives and leading us away from our Lord Jesus. We are victims of his grasp, unable to escape on our own, which is why we need the Lamb of God. Even if they escaped, for the rest of their lives, Mary and Joseph are to live with this grief, knowing their child was spared, while the others were not. What a burden to hold. And in this tragic situation of death, all one could ask is why? How could God let this happen to innocent children? And how could Herod and evil prevail in the world? But as time passes, we would soon receive our answer as Mary experiences the most unimaginable, unimaginable pain and sorrow that any mother could ever experience. She stands outside a courtyard only to witness the death of her own child. She heard his cries, saw the crown of thorns, and watched as her child died on that cross. In those moments, we might ask ourselves, did God lose control? And in our dark moments, when it seems like Herod is winning, we might wonder, has God lost control? But when Mary watched the ruthlessness of her son's death, she was also witnessing the very center of God's activity in our world, changing our reality. The very moments that appeared as though God had lost control turned out to be God's greatest act in the world, to send his son as a living sacrifice to pay for all the sins of humanity, thus saving us all from Herod. That first Christmas without my dad was a challenging point my life. I had allowed Herod to take control, take over within me, and I was angry at the world, blaming everyone for my father's absence during this season. But as I prayed for my dad's safe return, I realized God offered so much more to life than Herod ever could. 
As Joseph and his family are instructed to leave Egypt and enter the town called Nazareth in the district of Galilee, it is here where Jesus grows up to become an adult, pauses and prepares for his ministry, a ministry that will one day be tested by many Herods. But perhaps that's what we also need. When we feel overwhelmed because Herod is coming our way, perhaps we also need a time to pause, prepare, and experience God's provision. In the subsequent years, I had the chance to spend Christmas with my dad, but it was in the final year of seminary I discovered one of my classmates served as my dad's battalion chaplain during his deployment that Christmas of 2007. It was a God moment that felt so surreal. And he was sharing stories with me about my dad. He mentioned he rarely remembers names and faces of people, but he clearly remembered my dad for his faithfulness and devotion to prayer. He prayed ceaselessly every day for my brother and I, shedding tears. And it was at that moment I realized God had never lost control. He was always working in the world and turns out to be so much bigger and better than the Herods could ever dream. And because of that, thanks be to God for Jesus' victory. Amen.